Hello, this is Mark Richter with another episode of Linux for the Layman. Want to feel safe, secure, and capable when using your computer? This is for you if you want to succeed and know you can handle your computer tasks with ease. Welcome back to Linux for the Layman. This will be podcast episode 32. Today I'm going to talk about shell variables. I've been talking about command line and shell. I'm going to continue in that vein until we cover a fair amount of territory. Today we're going to talk about shell variables. Let's start by talking about what that means. First of all, let's talk about what a variable is. A variable is a name for something. But the variable is is a container for something. Something can be any number of things, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Essentially, a variable is like a cup. And on the cup there's a label. Let's call it x, lowercase x, because in, in Linux shell, names are case sensitive, meaning lowercase x is a different name from uppercase x. I say this because in Windows that is not the case. Windows tends to be case insensitive. That makes differences in a lot of places. For example, if you want to change the name of a file so that the part after the dot at the end Sometimes when you download a JPEG, it'll come in with capital J, capital P, capital G. Sometimes it'll come in lowercase jpg. In Linux, it makes a difference. You might want them all to be uniform. I personally prefer all lowercase, so I want the jpg in lowercase. In Windows, you cannot change the name of file abc123.capitalj.p.g to abc123.jpg. The reason you can't do that is because to Windows it's the same name and it won't let you rename a file to the same name. In Linux, that's not the case. The Linux shell is case sensitive. That goes for the names of variables too. So we have this cup and we put a label on it, x, in lowercase. x is now a variable. Now what does x mean? Well that depends on what's in the cup. If it's empty, it doesn't mean anything yet. For example, if you're in a terminal on the command line, which is where you will use a lot of shell variables, you type in echo space dollar x and you get a blank line because you haven't set x to be anything. In fact, as far as the shell knows, there is no variable called x. So it doesn't have any idea what to do with what you said. And when you type in echo dollar x return or enter, there's nothing for it to echo. So how do you assign a value to a, a variable? It's fairly simple. Type in x equals 5. Enter. You have now assigned the value 5 to the variable x. 
in the Linux shell, if you don't specify what kind of variable it is, whether that's the integer 5 or a string containing the letter 5, the shell doesn't know, so it will operate with it either way. The fundamental difference is you can do numeric operations on a variable as long as that variable consists only of numeric values. So if you say x equals double quote 5 double quote enter that is a string containing the character 5 that is not the same as a numeric 5 and yes there are ways to declare variables to specify to the shell which way to treat it however in general if you just use x equals 5 the shell can use it both as a numeric value and as a string, and it doesn't generally care which one until you get into some deeper level concepts. We're not going to go there. Now, what does that really mean in the computer? To the computer, if you use a label X for some container, that container is a piece of memory, and that memory has an address. You can't access shell variables by their address. There's no way to do that. The shell doesn't let you do things like that. There are different types of variables that you can use where one of them may or may not be addressable, but that's a for more advanced concept and we're not going to go into that right now. It's esoteric from, for our purposes and it doesn't really mean anything. So let's go back to x equals 5. You can echo space dollar x return and it will now print out 5 on its own line. You can do arithmetic operations with this variable. We'll go into that a little bit later because operations in the shell on variables can get pretty sticky. We'll get to that. The way you access a shell variable is dollar sign and then the name of the variable. That name is called the identifier. It identifies which variable you want to talk about. So what the heck good are these variables anyway? Let me give you an example. In my documents directory, I have more than 50 subdirectories and some of them have more subdirectories underneath them as well. I use the top level document slash something name to categorize where I want to put things. Documents that I create with say LibreOffice Writer which is the document processor that comes with most Linux distributions these days and which I happen to like if I just create a writer document, which is a what's called a text document, it's where you, it's like a word processing document. You type something in and you save it, and it gets saved in a file with a name, and that file typically is saved in my documents directory. Now my documents directory has a lot of files in it. In fact, let me just see how many it is. I can do that because. I have a shell script, which is, as I've talked about before, it's like a command that I can run 
to give me the count of files in my documents directory. Right now I only have 2912 documents in that directory. Now if I want to find out exactly how many files are in or under my documents directory there's a command called find that will locate files by type and tell you all of their names and so what I just typed in was find space dot meaning the current directory space dash type space f space pipe the vertical bar symbol space wc space dash l that means word count dash l means just give me the lines the wc command will give you the number of bytes words and lines in a file this will just tell me how many files i have i have 30,426 files in and under my documents directory that's a lot of documents it's a lot of files and i don't always want to keep track of them every single individual one in documents that's too many to look through for me what i do instead is i have subdirectories so for example i keep receipts that i save in a directory called documents slash receipts but when i want to save a bunch of receipts to that receipts directory i don't want to have to type in squiggle slash documents with a capital d slash receipts anytime i want to access a file there i don't want to look through that it's too much typing for me so i have a shell variable called receipts that contains the name of that documents slash receipts subdirectory i can find out how many files are in my dash receipts directory by running that file count script on it that i have 2255 receipts it's possible to break down the receipts even further such that you have them separated by year or merchant where you got the receipt you can organize your files any way you want but shell variables will help you access those files just by using them for that purpose we'll come back and talk about shell variables a little bit more in the next half of this episode so come on back this episode is brought to you by shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell with Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Let's continue with episode 32, part two. I went back and looked, and I actually have 89 directories under my documents directory. That's quite a bit of categorization. Today I was looking at some of them and some of them I haven't modified or done anything in those directories for more than 10 years. That's something I was looking at to see if maybe I could save some space and I'll look at that again later. There are reasons for that I'm not gonna get into right now. So let's go back to variables. What's the point of having them 
very handy for accessing long directory paths with a relatively short name. I have, for example, I talked about the receipts directory. I also have one called records and a variable records for that. That is for records that are not receipts, but they're documents I want to keep track of in my home records. Normally, if I want to access something by the shell variable name, I only have to type in enough characters to distinguish the variable I want to use, and then I can type tab and the shell will complete the variable. But if I type in $rec tab, it doesn't know if that's receipts or records. I have to give it one more letter. So if I type in echo $rece tab, it will complete the RECE with the IPTS to make it my dollar receipts. That's called tab completion. It's a feature of the shell. It works for file names, directories. It will shortcut your typing. It makes it easier to do long things where those things are not necessarily easy to type, but they're relatively unique. I have a subdirectory of my documents for spreadsheets. I call that Excel. Not that I have Excel on my machine. This is a Linux machine. We don't support Excel, or at least so far I have been unable to get Excel itself to work on my Linux machine. But things are changing. I call it Excel simply because I know what's in there. That's where spreadsheets live. And that's where all different kinds of spreadsheets live. I get Excel spreadsheets. I get the .xlsx spreadsheets, which are the since 2007 Microsoft compressed document format. And I must add compressed non-standardized document format. LibreOffice is reasonably good at making conversions from the dot letter 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 X formats into document format spreadsheets or word processing documents whatever it's not perfect but since I use LibreOffice all the time I've become fairly used to it those file name extensions are indicative because for example a dot ODT is an open document text or word processing document that's handled by LibreOffice Writer. If it ends with .ods, that's an open document spreadsheet. Those are handled by the LibreOffice Calc application, and so forth. Little nibbits good to know. Shell variables can contain the name of a command. For example, I could make a shell variable WCL and say WCL equals quote WC space dash L end quote and then if I want to run that WC dash L command I can just say use dollar WCL type that on the command line enter and it'll run it we've talked before about shell aliases that's an easier way to do that if I were to define alias space 
lowercase wcl equals single quote wc space dash l single quote enter then I can use wcl as shorthand for the command wc dash l and that will tell me the line count of whatever I pass into it or I can say wcl space give it a file name and it'll give me the line count of that file wc is mostly good for text files not document files plain text ascii files are what you get using a certain type of editor in linux gedit is one vi is another common one on windows the rough equivalent would be notepad and there are other commands that are very similar to notepad on linux for editing plain text files a plain text file can be used for a shell script or for just things you want to write down where you don't care what the format looks like or you handle it yourself if you need word processing power the wc-l command won't do you any good on those files you have to open them with the word processor to find out what the word count is or the line count and they're pretty good most of them actually have that not so much the line count but the word count i know in writer i write books and my book files tend to be fairly substantial i can tell exactly how many words are in the file just by looking at the word count and there are tricks there too because what constitutes a word to the computer might not be what you think of as a word for example if i use a line containing three asterisks in a row as a separator between two portions of the text of the file that counts as a word it's not a word as we think of it but from the computer's perspective there's a space before it there's space after it it's three letters in a row that's what it thinks the word is that's why things like hyphenated words can also be confusing because a hyphenated word to our minds may or may not be two different words but to the computer it's a single word entity another use I have for shell variables is in shell scripts for example shell scripts are where you write a number of commands in a row and there are ways to have them executed out of sequence but the idea is you're going to run the exact same commands every time you run the shell script offhand I'm having trouble thinking of a good example <laughs> I have a shell script to create the outline of a shell script containing certain consistent elements I always like to use and then it will put me in a text editor so I can then fill in the rest of the shell script and then the script when I save the file in the text editor and exit it it makes it executable so that the next time I try when I try to run the shell script it'll actually do something and I use that during debugging and everything else too so that's your basic introduction to shell variables and I'll cover more of this in the next podcast I'm not exactly sure when that's going to be I want to apologize to you my very faithful audience for my absence for the last two and a half months I've been having health issues 
I've been having work issues. At the moment, I have been laid off and I'm on disability, partly because I can't sit in front of a computer anymore for lengthy periods of time and focus. I have to get up and move away from the computer. I've had to change the chair I sit in. Long story, probably dull for you. You won't think so much of it because you're not going through it. Why should you? I hope you enjoyed this show. hope you found it educational. I hope you found it at least somewhat amusing. Send me your input if you'd like me to cover specific topics. I read all the emails I get. Feel free to contribute to the podcast. I do this for free because I love doing it. Financing helps. I'll never say no to a contribution. And with that in mind, join us the next time for Linux for the Layman, our next episode. Have a great time. Bye for now.